Welcome to His Word Heals. Today's program is part two of Earthquake, Thunders, Lightnings, and Voices. And we pick up where we left off last week in the middle of Joel 3.16. If you'd like to listen to the entire program, go to our website at www.hiswordheals.com to the blog page. And here the word for shelter is the word for refuge, the same word in Psalm 91. So again, the voice and the quaking of the earth here occur at a time of decision, a time for decision for Yahweh's people before the sun and the moon grow dark and the stars diminish their brightness. So this again is at the beginning of the tribulation, I believe, which kicks off with voices and shaking of the earth quaking of the earth. Now this one's really cool. Ezekiel 37:7. And of course, you know that Ezekiel 37 is all about the dry bones and the two sticks being joined together, the dry bones coming together, the life coming into them, and the two sticks being joined. Ezekiel 37:7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and this is the word for noises, and suddenly a rattling. This rattling here is quaking. This is the word for quaking or earthquake. And suddenly a quaking and the bones came together bone to bone. This could say suddenly an earthquake and the bones came together bone to bone. So is true spiritual Israel getting ready to come together bone to bone? The joining of the two sticks? Ezekiel 3, 10 through 21. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears, and go, get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them, Thus says Yahweh Elohim, whether they hear or whether they refuse. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a great, and this says thunderous voice, but it actually says in the Hebrew, a great quaking sound or quaking voice. Blessed is the glory of Yahweh from his place. I also heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures that touched one another and the noise of the wheels beside them. So there's noises here and a quaking voice or also could be the sound of a great earthquake and the noise of the wheels beside them and a great, again, thunderous noise or quaking noise, quaking sound. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. But the hand of Yahweh was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives at Tel Aviv, who dwelt by the river Kabar, and I sat where they sat, and remained there astonished among them seven days. Now it came to pass at the end of the seven days that the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth, and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, You shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the 
righteous man should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. I find it very interesting that here Ezekiel came to the captives, or the inhabitants, at Tel Aviv, and remained there astonished among them for seven days, and then he is told to warn the wicked. We should all be loving everyone, including the wicked, enough to warn them against their wickedness before it's too late. I can only hope that this message would somehow get to folks in Tel Aviv. And again, this is all occurring after there is a thunderous voice or quaking sound and noises heard by the prophet Ezekiel. The same as we find in Revelation 8.5 at the seventh seal being opened. Our final verse with only these two words from Revelation 8.5 is found in Nahum 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. And it's interesting that Nahum actually means comfortable. And we know that Yeshua did many miracles and had a significant time of his ministry was in Capernaum. And that actually is a transliteration of the Hebrew word Capernaum, which means village of comfort. So let's read Nahum chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victim never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of, and this says rattling wheels, but it is actually quaking wheels of galloping horses of clattering chariots. Horsemen charge with bright sword and glittering spear. There is a multitude of slain, a great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over the corpses because of the multitude of harlotries of the seductive harlot. The mistress of sorceries, drugs, pharmacias, the equivalent of pharmacia in the New Testament. The mistress of drugs, vaccines perhaps who sells nations through her harlotries and families through her sorceries again, or drugs, vaccines. Behold, I am against you, says Yahweh of hosts. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. It's interesting, here's another one that has noises and quaking in relation to drugs, perhaps vaccines, just like the previous passage that I read talked about the bite of a poisonous serpent. Coincidence? I don't think so. And then they both talk about many dead corpses. We can arguably see all of these verses I just read could certainly pertain to what is currently or has already taken place or is obviously very near to happening. The rest of the verses that I didn't read, while a bit less obvious, arguably also match current events as the beginning of great judgments to come. Next, significantly, we have only one verse in the Old Testament that has only three of these four signs. Those verses I just read had two of the four signs. This next verse I'm going to read has three of the four signs. Earthquake or quaking, thunders and voices or noises with no lightning. That verse is Isaiah 29.6, but I'm going to read the whole passage, which I believe is one step past where we are now and is very next on the agenda. 
Isaiah 29 is all about the judgment and fall of Ariel, which is a prophetic reference for Israel and means Lion of El. Judgment starts in my house, says Yahweh. Is the judgment of Jerusalem looming on the very near horizon? Isaiah chapter 29. And I'm going to point out something very interesting when I get to it in two different verses, which is the reason why I'm going to read so much of chapter 29. I'm going to start in verse 1 and read through the entire chapter, which is 24 verses. Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. Add year to year, let feasts come around, yet I will distress Ariel. There shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be to me as Ariel. I will camp against it. I will encamp against you all around. I will lay siege against you with a mound, and I will raise siege works against you. You shall be brought down. You shall speak out of the ground. Your speech shall be low out of the dust. Your voice shall be like a medium's out of the ground, and your speech shall whisper out of the dust. Moreover, the multitude of your foes shall be like fine dust, and the multitude of the terrible ones like chaff that passes away. Yes, it shall be in an instant, suddenly. Verse 6. You will be punished by Yahweh of hosts with thunder and earthquake and great noise. There the three are. Thunder, earthquake, and great noise in verse 6 with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire, the multitude of all the nations who fight against Ariel, even all who fight against her and her fortress and distress her, shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall even be as when a hungry man dreams, and look, he eats, but he awakes, and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams, and look, he drinks, but he awakes, and indeed he is faint, and his soul still craves. So the multitude of all the nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. Pause and wonder, blind yourselves, and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For Yahweh has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes, namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. The whole vision has become to you like the words of a, and this says book, but it's actually the whole vision, this is verse 11, has become to you like the words of a scroll, perhaps Revelation scroll. The seventh seal has just been broken, and we have the four signs of the thunder, earthquake, great noise, and lightnings. And here we have three of the four signs. Okay, now pay close attention. We are down to verse 11, and this is very exciting. When we saw this, we had no idea this was here until we let Revelation itself and the signs in Revelation 8 5 lead us to the Old Testament scriptures that Revelation 8 5 might have been drawn from or referring to. Verse 11 says, The whole vision has become to you. And is this perhaps to the Jews that do not believe in Yeshua Messiah or his book of Revelation? The whole vision of Revelation, in my opinion, has become to you like the words of a scroll that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. So to recap verse 11, first the scroll is delivered to someone who is literate, meaning they can read and understand 
But when the literate person is asked to read this scroll, they say, I cannot, for it is sealed. This is the scroll of Revelation delivered to the Jews or those who can read and understand scripture as it is intended according to Torah, but the scroll is sealed to them because they don't believe in Yeshua Messiah, which as we are told in Revelation itself, the Lamb of Elohim is the only one worthy to unseal the scroll. Therefore, without Yeshua Messiah, even the Torah literate Jews cannot read and understand Revelation because it is sealed to them and they are not able to unseal it without Yeshua. Now continuing in verse 12, Then the scroll is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Did you catch that? Then the scroll is delivered to someone who is illiterate. And they are asked to read it, but they answer this request to read the scroll by saying, I am not literate, meaning they are not able to read and understand scripture. This would be the Gentiles or Christians that don't understand Torah or how to read Revelation or the New Testament for that matter in context of Torah. So they are not able to read and understand this scroll either even though the scroll is unsealed to them because they do believe in Yeshua Messiah. So verse 11 is speaking to the Jews who are literate. They can't read it because the scroll is sealed to them because they don't believe in Yeshua Messiah. But then verse 12, it's delivered to someone who is illiterate. They could read the scroll because it is unsealed to them because they believe in Yeshua Messiah but they can't understand it or read it because they are illiterate according to Torah. Therefore, Adonai said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, who did Yeshua rebuke for making the commandments of men above the commandments of Yahweh? The Pharisees, the Jews, those who would not believe in him? This says the scroll is sealed, and those who do not read it, their fear toward him is taught by commandment of men. And today, doesn't the same thing go on in the Christian church? Rather than just teaching what the Torah says, the churches have also added their own commandments of men, rather than adhering only to the instructions of Yahweh. So I believe this part is talking to both the Jews and the Christians. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from Yahweh, and their works are in the dark. They say, Who sees us, and who knows us? Surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say to him who made it, He did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding? Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the scroll, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness." The humble also shall increase their joy in Yahweh, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to nothing, the scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off. 
who make a man an offender by a word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and turn aside the just by empty words. Therefore thus says Yahweh who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name, and hallow the Holy One of Jacob, and fear the Elohim of Israel. These also who erred in spirit will come to understanding, and those who complained will learn doctrine. That again is the only verse that has three of the four signs in it in the Old Testament. Lastly, there is also only one verse in the Old Testament that has all four of these signs, and that is Psalm 77:18. So I'm going to read the whole chapter of Psalm 77. To the chief musician, to Jeduthun, a psalm of Asaph. I cried out to Elohim with my voice, to Elohim with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, and this is the same word as Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30 verse 7, and the same word for Jacob's trouble in Genesis 35 3. In the day of my trouble, I sought I sought Adonai. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remember Elohim and was clamoring. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You hold my eyelids open. I am so agitated that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Will Adonai cast off forever and will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has Elohim forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of Yahweh. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O Elohim, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great an Elohim as our Elohim? You are the Elohim who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw you, O Elohim. The waters saw you. They were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. Verse 18 is where all four appear. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth shook. The earth trembled and quaked. Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So we've come full circle back to referencing the exodus from Egypt because I believe the greater exodus is very near and will take place after the preceding scriptural events that are alluded to by the many verses that I just read to you, which contain two or three of these four signs. The only verse in the Old Testament that contains all four of these signs again alludes to the exodus from Egypt. Putting all of this together in recap for you, we've possibly just witnessed at the very least 
we are possibly witnessing the beginning of the noises and the earthquake or shaking that takes place which may confirm the opening of the seventh seal and warning of the impending first trump of revelation soon to come. Events that have begun or will soon come to pass were described in these numerous verses we just pointed out to you that had only two of the four signs, earthquakes and voices or noises. Then perhaps subsequently, the single verse having only three of the four signs, which is warning of the fall and judgment of Ariel or Jerusalem, and this we believe may possibly open up the land of Israel to those of redeemed Israel from the four corners of the earth who are ready and watching. Additionally, Isaiah 29 also confirmed that the book of Revelation could not be understood by anyone who does not believe in Yeshua Messiah, even if they are literate in Torah, nor can it be read by those who are not literate in Torah, even though they do believe in Yeshua Messiah. It can only be understood by those who have it unsealed by belief in Yeshua Messiah and read it in context according to a literacy or an understanding of Torah. And Isaiah 29 is where three of the four signs of Revelation 8-5 occur in the same passage. And don't forget the previous verses that had only two of the four signs. We also saw some signs thrown in there regarding serpents' bites and pharmakia as well. Then lastly, culminating also in the only verse that has all four of the signs of Revelation 8-5, Psalm 77-18, which brings us full circle back to the exodus from Egypt, alluding to the next step after the fall of Jerusalem, which may very well be the greater exodus from Egypt. Spiritual Egypt here being our bondage around the world, but possibly headquartered in the United States, and is currently being spiritually invaded by Babylon, and the spiritual Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Remember the total solar eclipse which occurs over the entire United States on Nisan 1, the first day of the month of Passover in 2024. The path of totality of this upcoming eclipse intersects the path of totality of the first great American eclipse, seven years earlier, on Elul 1, the first day of the 40 days of repentance leading to Yom Kippur of 2017. These intersect at the southern tip of Illinois in an area that has been known as Little Egypt since the 1800s. Even more amazing is the fact that these two intersecting paths of totality, which intersect over Little Egypt in the U.S., form a Paleo-Hebrew Tav, I believe, marking the end of spiritual Egypt and our release from bondage to be gathered back to his land. Remember, a Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and Yeshua said that he is the Aleph and the Tav. There is one more solar eclipse coming up over the United States, and this is a ring of fire solar eclipse that will cross the other two solar eclipses. It's coming up here before the 2024 solar eclipse. I've forgotten the date right now. But it crosses the Tav with a path of totality that actually forms an Aleph along with the Tav. So we'll see an Aleph-Tav path of totality between these three solar eclipses over the United States. We've discussed these upcoming signs in the heavens in numerous previous videos and programs, which can be found on our website blog page 
and video page at www.hiswordheals.com. Just keep in mind to move the Revelation timeline one year into the future. If you've listened to previous programs and or taken a look at our Revelation timeline, you've seen that this is all appearing to line up according to what we've previously postulated would be the general sequence of events. We are instructed by Yeshua himself in Luke 21, 36, to watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Baruch Abba Shem Yahweh. Blessed is he that comes in the name of Yahweh. Shalom, shalom. Mm-hmm.